Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is episode number 139. The Everyone keeps referring to A.J. Brown as the most talented wide receiver the Titans have ever drafted, when that is actually Kenny Britt, if we're talking about straight talent only of Sodes. Drives me nuts when people call him that, LOL, when it's not true, shrug emoji. And you know, if we're talking about literal talent and absolutely nothing else, they call him the most talented, another shrug emoji. Even Justin Hunter gives him a run for his money, to be honest. If you guys want to add on the Justin Hunter part to the end of it, do it. I think it would be pretty funny, actually, LOL of Sodes. Oh my God. He had me until Justin Hunter. I mean, come on. That who, who, who's responsible correct. for this? That comes via our guy Adam Ellis. Uh, I <laughs> I just misplaced Adam Ellis's uh, a Twitter account, but Adam Ellis, our guy. I um I, I wanted to, Adam Ellis thirty one is his Twitter account. Adam Ellis thirty one. I I I do want this to be clear. Um, when we are looking for so titles, not necessarily looking for your Titans takes. However, I thought this one was funny enough and just kept going on long <laughs> enough to where I thought it would be a funny. So title. So normally we were just looking for obscure references to the Titans. Uh, but Adam Ellis decided to get this off his chest about AJ Brown. And after the week that AJ Brown had this past Sunday, I mean, I figured it was only fitting, right? <laughs> yeah. Three touchdowns. He's having a year up in Philly, and uh, yeah, that deal is looking worse and worse. I, I I was thinking about this over the weekend. Can can we just all admit that it was a massive mistake? Like I, I'm tired of fighting the battles with AJ Brown going back and forth. He's always tweeting about the Titans, talking about the Titans, but it, it's very clear that the Titans kind of got the uh, short end of the stick. And I know Traylon Burks has a long way to go because he's going to be the guy that ultimately decides who wins and loses. But AJ Brown's having a, a Terrell Owens 2005 season up in Philly right now. It it is it it hurts. Uh, a little bit of me dies with every t- touchdown he catches um and with every smile that he flashes in that Hunter Green uniform of his. My buddy uh Ryan Porth who used to run 1025 the games now up here at 670 the score, uh my sister station uh the station I work at he uh, he tweeted on Sunday. He said, man, the Titans should really look into uh, uh, finding a wide receiver like A.J. Brown. <laughs> and it was just like, damn it. That sucks. You that remember, really I mean, sucks. When he was here, it was everybody was so fired up, not only because he was likable when he was here. I mean, he was, he was still doing all the social media stuff and everything, but it was. Oh, the Titans had you know searched two decades for a receiver like Dick oh yeah, Mason. dude. And they it, finally it, have it, one, and then boom, he's gone just like that. It felt so good. It it felt it honestly felt good. It honestly felt like like my entire childhood. I went my entire childhood without of being allowed to own a video game console. My parents would let me get a, a Nintendo, a Super NES. Uh, not until in N sixty four when I was like in middle school was I allowed to have a video game console. And when I finally got one, I was like, oh, baby, I got one. Okay. 
that's the way I felt like when the Titans finally had a true wide receiver, like a wide receiver that the rest of the league envied and wanted to the point where they would they would trade you draft picks on draft night to get him. And my goodness, and and my and look, I I know not to rehash old wounds and the AJ Brown thing. We've covered it covered it ad nauseum, and he wasn't staying in in Tennessee. He obviously wasn't going to the negotiation tables. The Titans did all they could. Their hands were kind of tied. However. The only thing that frustrates me now about that, knowing what we know now and knowing that there was there was no there was no getting through to him. He wasn't going to be a Titan. The thing that frustrates me the most is that they didn't get more for him. They should have gotten more than just a damn first round pick. It's trade deadline day. We're recording on Tuesday, about 45 minutes ahead of the deadline. Um, things are about to wrap up. It's been one of the most active NFL trade deadlines that I can remember. Yeah, it is exactly right. I mean, if Chase Claypool's going for a second round pick, it does feel like the Titans kind of left a little meat on the bone there. And and am I am I allowed to be sad about letting Deontay Foreman walk because that dude has that dog in him? He's I know, up and we knew that too. We knew that too. I think that was a cost thing, though, when it happened. You know, it's like the Titans were like, "Well, we're not going to be able to pay you, so go get paid." Mm-hmm. And sure enough, he did, and now he's tearing it up in Carolina, like we all expected. Not that he would really have a role in an offense with Derrick Henry. Dontrell Hilliard is the perfect compliment back to Derrick Henry. But anyway, why we started the show before <laughs> we even started the show? What are we doing? What are we doing? Give the people we- the rundown. We okay. If you want to submit a so title for us, damn you, Adam Ellis. You you gave us a long so title, and then there we go. We start. We're doing long cold opens to the show. Uh, no, but thank you, Adam Ellis, for the submission. It was very great. Uh, and if you'd like to submit a so title like Adam Ellis thirty one, you can do so just by tweeting at us at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter, and we will take that. And we will. Uh, and the the funnier they are, the the more the quickly they get to uh to air so set us your show titles we love each and every single one of you guys this is might be one of the biggest tighten up podcasts we've ever done mark it down in your in your books uh episode it took us 138 episodes to get to this point but on this 139th try we finally have a massive episode because we are joined by none other than a potential future uh, a potential NFL Hall of Famer. We're hoping he does just because it will uh, make our podcasts look that much better. Uh, But the probably one of the greatest running backs in Titans franchise history. This is a guy. He's one of eight running backs to ever rush for 2000 yards in a season. You know, the man, he is Chris Johnson. He's CJ 2K. Uh, I'm not going to say in the flesh because it was over Zoom, but you know what I mean. He joins us on this podcast, and Jack and I, if you saw the little teaser clip we posted to all of our socials at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter and at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram, then you saw Jack and I ask him some ridiculous questions, and guess what? He answers every single one of them, and some of which have some answers that may surprise you. I learned some things in this interview with Chris Johnson. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, so trust me, you you came to the right place. A great podcast this week. And uh, and then, of course, we've got so much other things. Trade deadline, Malik Willis, uh, his debut. Just so much to get into. Nicholas Petit-Friere DM'd me over the weekend. What? Yeah, you heard me. Okay. Uh, we're going to get into all of that. So before we get into all of that, let's first get a word from our friends. Oh, it is Chiefs Hate Week, too. It's Chiefs Hate Week. Uh, Hey, 
you know what? This week, more than any other week, the Tomahawk Chop, it's so racist. They need to do away with it. Okay. With that said, first, let's get a word from Relax the Back. The Braves fan in me it has mixed feelings about that. <laughs> let's talk about Relax the Back. CEO Glenn Word has made it his mission to not just enhance sleep, but enhance lives at Relax the Back. Um, he was involved in a serious car accident a handful of years ago and was looking at some health issues. And he wanted to find a way to fix all his back and neck issues without having surgery. So he founded Relax the Back. They've got a variety of chairs that combat neck and back pain for those of us who are sitting up at work all day. They will help fix your posture problems. If you're hunched over, they'll keep you straight. And most importantly, they'll keep you comfortable. So you got to go check them out because look, they don't just have chairs and things over there, the zero gravity chairs, you know, you're sitting on clouds that relax the back, but they've also got techno gel and Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses to help maximize your sleep every night. You know, you know how important those eight hours are. You got to wake up feeling refreshed and energized. The products at relax the back will help you do that. So go check them out at 2020 Glen Echo road in Nashville, Tennessee. It's right across the road from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater over next to Hillsborough High School. You got you Nashvillians know what I'm talking about. And hey, look, if you're listening and you're not living in Nashville, don't worry about it. You can check them out online where they constantly update what they have in the office at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville. When you go in and you see Glenn, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. With all that said, let's talk Titan. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome to the Titan Up Podcast. Today is November 2nd, 2022. And Jack, it's been a while, but it's time to dust off this old segment of ours. A segment that you have come to know and love on this podcast. One we have not done in weeks, dare I say, over a year. But it's time, Jack. Okay, you ready for this? I'm ready. It's time to bring back our heralded, world-renowned laughing at the Texans segment. So, Jack, let's go ahead and get to it. Oh, it feels oh so God. good. It feels so good, dude. I didn't think, honestly, when they got rid of Bill O'Brien, I was like, damn it, we might have to retire that segment. We might have to get rid of the laughing at the Texans segment. And and the Texans got the Titans one week last week. So, like, we did not get to do it very much last year. And it was that rainy day that, that, that Ryan Tannehill, three or four picks he threw. The Titans were yeah. all over left and right, and Rex Burkhead was running all over them. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. So it's like now it's like, look, even with Lovey Smith on the sideline, who I think is a much more stable and level headed coach than freaking Bob was with that damn chin dimple of his. This is it's so much nicer to to bring back this segment. And I know you guys appreciate it because it's probably the, of all the things that we do on this damn podcast. The one we hear the most about, I think, is laughing at the Texans segment. Oh. I think that's the 
it, it's frustrating because I, I, I tend to think that you and I bring some pretty good insight to the table. But nope, it's just you guys. <laughs> you love hearing us fake laugh with uh, Kenneth Copeland in the background. So um, it, it's it, it feels wrong, but it, it's so right. doesn't It's it? so right. We had to we had to start the show with that this week because uh, between Derek going off for 200 plus yards for the fourth straight oh, game in a row, ugh. which is absurd again. Uh, to the Titans starting a uh, a quarterback who apparently can't throw the ball 15 yards down the field, or at least according to the offensive game plan, uh, and still winning the game as as handily as they did. Of, of course, a large part of that was because of Derrick Henry. But Jack, Malik Willis, the heralded rookie out of Liberty University, the guy who you have put uh, your all your eggs in his basket just oh because of how much God. you hate. Slam look, I'll... All I'll say is it's been a tough week for terrorists like Jack, who just hope Ryan Tannehill gets hit by a bus. It was it was tough because it it all of what many of us thought and what many I would say a majority of Titans fans assumed is that Malik Willis is not ready. And that was pretty much proven on Sunday, right? We have new listeners listening to us this week and you're still spreading lies <laughs> about my relationship with Ryan Tannehill as a fan. Look, Jack, okay, for for new listeners that are coming to this podcast just because they're like, "Oh, wow, Chris Johnson's on a podcast. We're going to listen to it." First of all, thank you for joining. Uh make sure you hit rate, review and subscribe. Uh and when you do, give us uh in in the comment section of your rating, give us four and a half stars to the Tighten Up Idiots and 0.5 stars to Buck because we share a podcast feed. But uh, yeah, for anyone new to the podcast, Jack is a terrorist. We unearthed that a couple episodes ago, and he hates Ryan Tannehill. We unearthed that shortly after that Bengals loss. Uh, that I he just do not hate despises seventeen with all everything, every fiber of his being just hates Ryan Tannehill. So, um, guys like him, it, it was a tough week on Sunday, knowing that okay, yeah, Ryan Tannehill is the better option at quarterback for this team. In the foreseeable future, not long term. I think Malik's going to be great. I think he's going to. I do still think he's really? going to be a good pro. Well, I do. Let's talk about Malik Willis because okay, let's do it. it. It looked like his training wheels had training wheels on them. I mean, they wouldn't let him <laughs> do anything. His 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 leash that Vrabel and Todd Downing had him on was like as long as a watch band. I mean, they wouldn't let him do much of anything. The, and uh, the leash had a muzzle on it, too. Like, he wasn't, my man was not allowed to. And it was one of those leashes that, like, go around the entire body of the dog, you know? Like, it's like, <laughs> so it's not just around his neck, but it's, like, around his entire body to where, like, they could just pick him up off the leash if they wanted to. Um, it was, he was very, very. Restricted. Restricted. It, it was like he was playing the game in a straight jacket with how much the Titans did not want him to do anything, which I mean, I get. But that also tells me that, like, the Titans see something in practice to where they were like, we can't take chances. Think about how many times on third down, third and eight or longer, did the Titans Terrific. choose to run the football because it, they did not trust their quarterback to throw it? They were surrendering on third down quite often. I mean, Malik Willis threw the ball 10 times, 55 yards. He had that one interception going into the game. You know that you're better than the Texans at just about every position. What you can't do is give them extra opportunities to beat you like they did last year. So right. Malik Willis, the one interception I'm not upset about, right? He, he it's, it's his NFL I mean, debut. 
he's probably getting thrown to the fire a lot earlier than he, than he would have liked. I mean, there's still a long way to go with him. Yeah. But I mean, like the mechanics of that play, like late on the throw, yeah. throwing to uh, uh, Cody oh, Hollister, who was I don't know what Cody Hollister was doing. I think he got shot by the turf monster uh, on his route somehow. Yeah. And, and then uh, last week I said every time that the Titans target Cody Hollister, God kills a kitten. Yeah. Uh, nothing nothing no. good comes of that. Every time the Titans target Cody Hollister, an Ed Hardy shirt gets its wings. <laughs> <laughs> the Titans, though, they threw it one time in the second half. Didn't complete a pass. Um, they were the eighth team since 2006 to win a game in which they didn't complete a pass in the entire second half. Eighth That's... team since 06. That is that that they literally reverted back to an era of football uh back when like the T formation was a thing back when uh Virginia McCaskey the owner of the Bears was a spry young sprout God, they are back so when dust. back when like yeah like back when like prohibition was still a thing I'm pretty sure like it is it was and it was weird like even Derrick Henry had more yards per rush than Malik Willis had yards per attempt Look, that's the game plan, though. The Texans coming into the game, look, both teams are run-first offenses. One team mm -hmm. can stop the run, the Titans. The other mm -hmm. team simply can't, and they know it's coming. You, they, they put eight, nine, ten guys in the box, whatever they want to do. Everyone in the building knows that Derrick Henry's getting the football, and there's nothing that the Texans can do about it. Henry has played 11 games against the Texans. He averages 114 yards per game. And you got to remember that some of those games came early in his career when yeah. he really wasn't the lead back. That, that number went up last week. That that average per game obviously went up last week. And yeah, you're right. There were a lot of games where he had like 60, uh, 50 yards because he was splitting carries with DeMarco Murray or... Uh, um, you mentioned it, four straight games. Deion Lewis. Texans, he's yeah. gone over 200 yards. Right, which those to me are like those once like ever since like Derrick Henry became a feature back, he's really started to just grab the Texans by the throat. That star on the Texans eye, the logo, the logo's eye, that was put there by Derrick Henry from just punching them in the face, <laughs> stiff arming them in the face. There was one run Derrick had on, on Sunday where he he literally stiff armed two dudes at once, just two boops right in the nose. And it was the funniest thing to me because it was just like, damn, like Derrick. I don't know. And he just looked better. He looked like he was running with more confidence. And I don't know if that's a Derek versus the Texans thing. Like for me personally, I always used to run the ball way better against the Ravenwood Raptors. Whenever we played them in high school, oh my God, go I away. owned them. Uh, they, my best games came against Ravenwood suck it Raptors. And, uh, and, and like Derek seems to be the same way when it comes to the Texans. So it's the I, Texans, it's the Jaguars. But well, yeah, the Jaguars too. Yeah, you're interestingly right. enough. Luckily, it's the entire division. Yeah. Out of it. Interestingly enough, Henry's obviously, like I just said, 114 yards against the Texans. It's the most against any team that he's played on average. The second most, I'm talking about in, in at three at least three games against one team, the Chiefs. He has the second most yards in his career. Right. 110 yards per game. So and the I, Chiefs, that's a, that's Chiefs, sign for this week. Although you'd like a quarterback back there who poses at least a threat of throwing the football. Yeah, uh, which the, we will get into the uh, the uh, more with the Malik talk and um, and everything 
with oh damn it the chiefs oh i'm just looking it up just now damn it oh wait well yeah no the chiefs have the second best run defense in the nfl um behind your Tennessee Titans. So how about that? This is going to be a game of the two best run defenses, they which doesn't really they, help they, the they, Titans because the Chiefs don't run the ball that much anyway. Yeah, um, but it does. It does help the Chiefs a lot. But however, I I got to go back through the Chiefs schedule, but I don't I, I can't remember them playing like a, a back quite like Derrick Henry, right? Like No, well because they don't make them like Derrick Henry. And Well, well yes. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is like the Titans seem to do this every year. No one trusts them at the beginning of a season. You, you know, there's there's a game that they play down to their competition, Giants. But then there there's a game and it seems to always be on primetime Austin. And I know they don't have as many primetime games this year as they did in a you know the, the last couple. But there's one coming up against the Chiefs. They obviously blew their opportunity against the Bills, but the Bills are, a, a, you know, a buzzsaw. So I, I think this is the this is the game, and the Titans are actually 12.5-point underdogs right now, which leads me to believe that Vegas doesn't trust that Ryan Tannehill goes. Yeah. If Ryan Tannehill does play, this is a game where the Titans could really reassert themselves and have, you, you know, these, these talk shows, Colin Cowherd, NFL Network, ESPN, whatever you're watching – this is this is the week where they go out and, and they reassert themselves as one of the top teams in the AFC. And then on Monday, everyone's gonna say, Oh, well, who's the biggest threat to the Bills and the Chiefs? It's the Titans. And then they come back on, they jump back <laughs> right. on the bandwagon. Right, right, right. We uh, we've seen this movie before. Um, it is, yeah. And coming up after after we talk to Chris Johnson, we are going to uh break this down this uh game, the Chiefs Titans game, based off of um who starts a quarterback because Rabel said on Monday, you know, when asked, hey, how's Ryan Tannehill doing? He said, well, we'll see on Wednesday. As you all know, this podcast drops Tuesday night at midnight. And that means that um, we won't know. Uh, so they that means we are guaranteed this week, which at least we know ahead of time this week. But this week we will be pretty much guaranteed a Wednesday afternoon news dump, which has become synonymous with this podcast. The Titans love to drop their biggest news on Wednesdays, and it appears that whether Tannehill's good to go or not, we're going to find out at least more about it on Wednesday. So we are going to preview the Chiefs game if Tannehill is starting and if he's not, just to have both of our bases covered. Because that's what that's the kind of work and the effort you get here with the Titan Up podcast, Jack. Before we get to Chris Johnson, um, we gotta we gotta first talk about this trade deadline, man. Got this to. is what is going on, dude. What is like? It's I I feel like I live in a zany world. You know, like when you're in a dream and you just you just see things happening and like you're like, oh yeah, and you just take it as normal, even though like when you really think about it, it's not normal. It's like, Oh yeah, I was in my bedroom, but then all of a sudden it turned into a Shoney's and you're like, <laughs> what you, you know? Yeah. You're like, you're like, but you like, you just go with it because you're in a dream. And it's, that's the way I feel about this NFL trade deadline where it's like, okay, Bradley Chubb's getting traded to the dolphins, but then also uh, Calvin Ridley, who I thought was suspended this year is traded to the Jaguars. Why the hell are the Jaguars becoming buyers for a guy that is suspended indefinitely and probably won't be back till next. Like, do the, do the Jaguars know that Calvin Ridley suspended? 
Like I'm. <laughs> well, they got him. I mean, what was it like a fourth or fifth round pick they had to give? I mean, they, they weren't giving up a whole lot. And Calvin Ridley, when he's out there, is a Pro Bowl caliber receiver. I think the move makes a lot of sense for the Jags. And obviously, they're not trying to win anything this year. They've only won two games the whole season. Well, but yeah. the, it, the, I, are they going to pay him as much as they pay Christian Kirk? That's the question when it comes to wide receivers in Jacksonville. And I, the, the Jaguars, like, I, I don't think Calvin Ridley would have bet on the fact that he would have been traded to the Jaguars. <laughs> no, no. I mean, he would have had to thrown it in that parlay of his. But it's it's been an active day. We said that at the top. Claypool goes to the Bears. The Titans have made no moves as of 2.35 p.m. We got 25 Which, more minutes, and I don't think I mean, they're going to make one. Should we, you know, look, I don't want to be the doctor uh, in the operating room, but should we just go ahead and call it? You know, time of death, the Titans, like their trade deadline is dead, done. Like, I know, like, there's still technically time left on the clock, but they're not going to do anything. And and, and a it, lot of Titans fans are upset about that because it does feel like that they're a couple players away. And, and you know, you need help in, on offensive line, especially at left tackle. Uh-huh. Um, you need help at receiver with Burks, McMath and Kyle Phillips all on IR right now. You need right. help at certain areas, but they're not going to go out and do it because the salary cap. Um, space that they have left is is just pretty pretty scarce so to bring someone on and then take on that contract um, would push the titans over a limit that they don't want to cross however i know exactly how john robinson in this front office is viewing this trade deadline they're saying sure we're not going out and bringing anybody in from other teams but we've got a wave of players that are about to come back no, this is, oh, I hate when GMs do this. Know, you see it all the time in baseball. They're like, you know, technically this guy's coming off of IR, which is as good of a trade, you know, like we're getting stronger without having to, you know, give up any pieces. Money. And it's like, you know, that meme online when it's like, you know, like, oh, can mom, can we get a Calvin Ridley? And she's like, we have a Calvin Ridley at home and you get home and it's just like <laughs> Nick Westbrook Akine in a walking boot. You know, you're like, you're just like, that's not... That's not what I wanted, I Mom. Like that's lunch. that's the essential of the GM being like we're getting stronger through the players that we have coming back. And no, like, I, right. I, I'm totally with you. It's not exciting, and it is kind of a a cop out. But what they did today, the tight or excuse me, I guess they did this Monday. They waived Ugo Amadi, who they brought in via trade um, towards the end of training camp, right before the season started. So they waived him, which means yeah, Elijah is that Molden? Is he coming is that, back? I mean, is he coming back? Question mark. I mean, uh, people are asking. People it, are asking. They, they're getting closer to, to Traylon Burks returning. They're getting closer to Racy McMath's return. Kyle Phillips just hit IR, which is no good. Um, Ola Daney's still, still on the, uh, that list. But they're going to get some of these guys back, maybe not this week, maybe not at the trade deadline, but, you know, in the following weeks. And that should help the team get back to where they need to be you know, in contending for um, not just a division, but, you know, for, for that top spot in the AFC, which is not out of the question. I know the Bills have the tie break, but the Titans are five and two. They play a lot of these teams that they're going to be battling with um, here in the next few weeks. The Chiefs, the Bengals, who looked awful on Monday night football. Yeah. So they've got time to make up some ground. I know the schedule isn't very favorable, but, uh, you know, it, we said that last year, and then they ran that gauntlet. They beat the Rams. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the crap out of the Chiefs last year. Um, they beat the Saints. It was that stretch last year that you, you, you we talked about pretty much for the first half of the season. I I understand Titans fans' frustration with um, 
you know, not making moves, especially in a, a trade deadline like this this year where everyone is making moves and you're just seeing moves left and right. And the Titans, a team that is a contender right now without making moves, but could be could vault themselves to an even higher status of contender just by making a, a one, maybe even two moves. I that it is frustrating and I get that. Um, it's just it, it to me, it feels like when like when I was uh growing up, you know, we would go to like Opryland USA or any amusement park for that matter, Disneyland, whatever you want to be. And my mom would always make us pack our lunches and bring them. And so then like midway through the day at the amusement park, you'd have to like my mom would be like, All right, I got your sandwiches, right? And I'd be eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at the amusement park when like i see like all these kids around me like eating food from the concession stands it's like all i wanted was like cotton candy or like you know like something from the concession stand nachos you know but here i am eating this damn peanut butter and jelly sandwich the one that we brought from home the one that i've got that is essentially the titans at the trade deadline where it's like i see everyone around me doing stuff and i'm like i just can we just really not cold, be? You, you'd put a bunch of ice to keep everything cold in the lunchbox. Yeah. And now it's Can like, we really not be cheap for once? Yeah. Like, I feel like John Robinson is my mom right now. And it's like, mom, can we just not be cheap for once? Like, we have the money. We could do, like, well, and I know, like, the Titans case, they maybe necessarily don't have the money, but like, they could get creative. <laughs> they could move some things. And like, and the only way I'll be okay with them doing nothing at the trade deadline, and this is crazy, but you know what? Crazy times call for crazy Austin. And now I'm thinking it. I will be okay with the Titans not making a move at the deadline. If later on this year, we see the headline, OBJ in two-tone blue. Oh, give it up. I oh, know. It's up. crazy, dude. But the Titans have pushed me to this brink. All right? we I see A.J. Brown out there every week. I, I do dropping touchdowns and getting flagged for taunting penalties. I want him to get flagged for taunting penalties for us. I want another good wide receiver because I got a taste of it for three years. And now I want another elite wide receiver, at least someone that can take a top off of deep defenses. And the Titans don't have that right now. And it's frustrating. And I really want them to get back to that. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. Everyone wants it because they just had it. They just had their food taken away when they were halfway done, you know, with dinner. That, that's, yeah, that's I'm still eating. AJ I was Brown still eating. I was still eating that AJ Brown. So you know, yeah, it sucks. Um, it, it leaves you wanting more, but there just isn't. I mean, they're gonna have to wait till at least the off season, at least the draft, to go back in and find another guy. Robert Woods, who knows how long he's gonna be with this team. Traylon Burks obviously is gonna play out his rookie deal here, unless he gets traded like AJ Brown did. But um, see if John Robinson makes the same mistake twice. Although Burks hasn't quite proven what AJ Brown did, it's still very early. Um, but yeah, it, it, look, it's it's frustrating. The Dolphins are probably the biggest winners of trade deadline um, day. They went out and got Bradley Chubb, a pass rusher. They they brought in Jeff Wilson after they traded Chase Edmonds in that Bradley Chubb trade. But they're in the same division as the Bills. Like they're they're fighting for the top of the AFC East with Buffalo, and they actually have the tiebreaker. Yeah. So it makes sense as to why they went out and did all of this. Like I, I wonder though if the Colts were better. If the Colts were giving the Titans a true run for their money in the AFC South, does John Robinson go out and get somebody? Ooh, that's a great question. Just like I did when they needed a corner and brought, they brought in Desmond King a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great question. That is like, I think like them having that breathing room is maybe not making it as urgent for him. And he, and he thinks that, okay, well, as 
as our guys get healthy and as we get guys coming back, like we will be fine. And I mean, yes, I, yeah, it's not wrong. He's not wrong in thinking that, but it's just, it's frustrating. All these other kids are getting toys for Christmas and we are, you know, our, our gifts are on layaway, I guess. Um, <laughs> the, the Seahawks signed Laquan Treadwell. Treadwell, uh, speaking of uh, former, was that, as an old Miss guy, right? Yeah, he, he was never the same. He, he actually uh, Auburn rolled up and broke his leg at the one yard line in a in a game. Man, it had to be, it had to have been six six ish years ago, six maybe seven years ago, and yeah. he was never the same player. You More know, like Laquan, Laquan Treadwell, tread poorly, am I right? <laughs> Sorry. I don't know how he's still floating around, to be honest. He's, he's he was signed to their practice squad, but that seems like such a move that the Titans would make. Like the Titans are going to sign. Um, they got Chris someone. Pop. They brought in Chris Con- Conley, right? Yeah, I I think they're uh, they're targeting. Uh, I've read reports they're tar- targeting wide receiver Miles Austin. <laughs> Miles Austin, wow, that's a. I don't I don't really know what that's going to do. Limus Limus Sneed as well. Um, <laughs> Tory Holt I think is also on their on their target. Can somebody return uh, punts? By the way, Robert Woods. I thought we trusted him, and then he and then he goes out and muffs one. Yeah. Also, how many people got that wrong on Sunday uh, when they were tweeting it out um, with calling it a muffed punt? It was a fumble. It was not a. He didn't muff the punt. Muff the punt is on the is on the reception of said yeah, punt, gotta, right? You, yeah, yeah. You, Some people correct. Buck corrected you. himself. Um, there were a few others though that uh, later had to go back. It was not a. I I apologize. You know, it was not a muff. It was it was a fumble. But anyway, um, muff sounds all right. Better. The, anyway, the Titans aren't going to do anything with trade deadline. If the Titans do anything at trade deadline, mark my words, okay? Because we are obviously recording this before the deadline. If the Titans do anything at the trade deadline, I will, whoever we have on the podcast next week, I will interview them shirtless, okay? That's fair. I'll take that bet because I don't lose anything in that. I actually probably, we probably come out on top. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let's definitely do that. If the Titans make okay. a last minute move, you're shirtless with our next interviewee okay deal you got it you heard it here first um okay follow at tighten up pod at tighten up podcast on instagram at tighten up pod on twitter um let's get to chris johnson but before we do um let's the the reason you're all here let's get to the reason you're all here uh chris johnson cj2k before we get to him though let's first get a word from our friends at bet mgm BetMGM has a great promotion going on right now. For those of you who are looking for a sports book, looking for a new sports book, if you don't like the one that you have, or maybe you just had some bad luck and ran out of money in it, download the BetMGM app, get, get a fresh start. Use code A to Z Sports, A-T-O-Z Sports, for a risk-free bet up to $1,000 on pro football. You can bet it on whatever game you like. You can bet it on the Titans coming up against the Chiefs. You can fade the Colts, Sam Ellinger. Not that guy, pal. There's a lot of different ways you can spin that $1,000 or that risk-free bet up to $1,000. But you've got to do it through BetMGM and through our code A to Z Sports. That is for new users. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus. Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Awards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. The free bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line, 800-889-9789. I know, it's got the question. I
Okay, well, uh, without further ado, let's just get right into it. We're joined now by probably Jack. I don't want to. I don't want to sell our other guests short, but I'm going to completely sell our other guests short. Quite possibly the biggest name uh, that we have gotten on the Tighten Up podcast. With all due respect to Nick Westbrook Akine, but uh, Chris, you know this man as the NFL Offensive Player of the Year in 2009, first team All Pro that same year. Three-time Pro Bowler, NFL rushing leader in 2009, where he became one of, I believe, is it eight guys now with with Derek's addition to rush for 2,000 yards in a season. Just, uh, Mm. I think, one of the most elite fraternities in the entire NFL. My man's trying to get into Canton in 2023, which Titans fans and Titans Twitter especially, we can make some noise in making that happen. We can really turn some heads and get this guy some nods uh, when it comes time to voting to get him into the Hall of Fame because few people have done what he has done on a football field. And now few people have uh, can turned a career like his into a post-career career with the Smash and Dash <laughs> podcast on the Believe Network. My man has joined the dark side. He has become one of us. One of us. One what of us. Up? He is a podcaster now. <laughs> CJ2K himself, Mr. Chris Johnson. Dude, Chris, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Just chilling. Like you say, retired life, enjoying the podcast world. Just getting on here, you know, telling my thoughts from my point of view on different things, football games, basketball, and just lifestyle, man, all different type of things. Now, when it comes to podcasting, it usually there's usually like there's there's a host and a co-host a lot of times, at least it's the case with our podcast. And a lot of times our our show with you know not held to these standards but a lot of times the hosts like they'll they'll sound like they get along together on the air and then when they're off air they hate each other's guts they hate each other but that that i can't imagine that being the case with you and lendell no no that's my boy man for okay like, like getting into the podcast world it was like man we seen everybody starting to do it and stuff like that and then, like, we already already go back and forth on different topics and all that stuff, like, on everything. So, like, only thing was missing was the cameras and the mic and <laughs> yeah, right, the headphones right. and stuff like that. So now we just recorded and, like, you know, it's a good chemistry. Yeah, you can make money off of your conversations now, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we just waiting for our big payday. <laughs> <laughs> CJ, for, for every every Batman has a Robin. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you consider yourself to be Batman or Lindale to be Robin. How, how do you see Ooh. yourself in that sense? Are you? Yeah, Batman good question. Well, I don't think we look at it like like that with um, either of us. Know what I'm saying? Like coming on with this podcast, I think we both like here on the same level. Like you got two Batmans. Know what I'm okay. saying? Like okay, two Batmans. All right. That's how, like, because we don't look at it like. Like okay, I'm the host and he's the co-host or whatever. Like you know, host is. Pretty much the host is the Batman. The co-host is the Robin. We just look at it like we got two hosts. We came up with this together. We put it together together. And that's how we're going with it. It's See, that's not that's nice because I'm I'm very clearly the Batman in our relationship, yeah. right, Jack? <laughs> we, got, we got two Robins over here. So two Robins. I'm already I'm already wearing black, so I feel like I fit the part. I don't know. I'm just uh, but Chris, you and Lindale have stayed close, not just, you know, smash and dash on the field, but y'all have stayed close post-career. Um, what what is what has he meant to you ever since you hung up your cleats? And Lindale obviously did that a little before you. But 
for, for you guys to stay close, saw y'all in Kansas City for the AFC Championship game a few mm-hmm. years ago. I mean, y'all are still very involved with the Titans, but you do it together. Yeah, man. It's yeah. Since we left the game, like I always stayed close, and not just him. A lot of my other teammates that I played with with the Titans, and like what I try to explain to a lot of people is like, man, football, going to college, going to league. It's more than just playing football a lot of times. Like you establish these relationships with guys that's from all over the world that you will never know. Like me growing up, never knew that I would have a close friend from Denver, Colorado. I'm waiting <laughs> yeah, in Orlando, right, right. Florida. You know what I'm saying? Or a close friend from Houston, Texas, Texas, um, Vince Young, or a close friend, um, um, Lavelle Hawkins out in um, Stockton, California, like all over the world, like everywhere, like got all these friends. And it's like to be able to be able to still be cool after we're done playing football and show you the type of relationships that you establish while you in these locker rooms. Cause it's different. Cause like when you go to other teams, like you go to other teams, yeah, you in their locker room and like, it's just different from like, when you first drafted and you initially with this group of guys, it's like y'all no closer than any other. Like you go to other teams and stuff like that. You still cool with them. You still got a relationship with those guys and stuff like that, but it's different than with your guys that you came in with. It's just crazy. How much uh, Patron have you shared with Lindale? A whole lot. <laughs> now that one of my favorite lendale stories is uh when he obviously he famously like he shed a lot of weight going into camp and he you know people said well what, what's your secret and he said well i just cut out the patron is that yeah. is that honestly just the secret because if that's the case i i could feel like i could shed 15 pounds no nah, you know that was a lie that was <laughs> okay All right. he cut out the okay all right that makes sense because that that will make you hungry for sure right 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 exactly (laughs) he cut that out so he shed it got on point and y'all ready to go that's the way hey whenever you guys get together you mentioned vy and lavelle and 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 lindale obviously whenever you guys get together does vy pick up the tab at cheesecake factory i heard he's good question (laughs) good question nah man we listen People talk about that question. They talk about Cheesecake Factory. And they say he spent, what was the number? Like 10,000. Yeah. No, that's false, man. I don't even know where they get this from, but. It was way more what, than that, wasn't it? No. <laughs> what, what we used to do is, was it Monday? I think Mondays. Mondays, like, you know, Sunday we played, then Monday we come in, we have our short day. And then after that, it's a big group of us, probably 20 of us go used to go to different little places. Sometimes we go to the Cheesecake Factory. We go there, we eat and we drinking. So it's 20 guys. And if we're and if we probably were all we will all split the tab. You know what I'm saying? So anytime you got a group of 20 yeah, right. NFL players eating and we're drinking alcohol and stuff like that. It's easily the tag can be $10,000, but we're all splitting the tab up. That makes yeah. sense. Okay, I'm glad you shed some light yeah. on that to, to 
to get VY out of the Cheesecake Factory spotlight. <laughs> right. If that's the case, they should have gave my boy VY a, a, a endorsement deal. Right. $10,000 at the Cheesecake Factory. Like, <laughs> uh, do you have a do you have a do you have a go to at Cheesecake? Who me? Um, not really. I'm not a big Cheesecake Factory guy. Okay. I'm not a All big right. Cheesecake Factory guy. Right. I like Ruth Chris though. Like, Ruth Chris, okay. And how stuff. how do you yeah. like your steak prepared? Um, medium well, but I usually get the um stuffed chicken from okay from there from Ruth Chris. Oh, okay, stuffed chicken. Well, CJ, we we wanted to help get you on here, obviously, to get the word out about the Hall of Fame uh, bid that you, that you're looking for here next year. You you're yeah. you say it yourself, and I I know over homecoming this past weekend where the Titans beat the Colts, you talked to Warren Moon, Eddie George, all these guys. And they all agree that Chris Johnson is the best home run hitter in football history. I mean, yeah. six straight 1,000-yard seasons. Austin mentioned the 2,000-yard season. Um, you have the single-season record for yards from scrimmage. Only player in NFL history to, ru to run for four touchdowns of at least 85 yards. I mean, you, you are a quick-strike player, could score from anywhere on the field. What do you want people to remember most about what Chris Johnson did best on the field? Obviously, you were a hell of a running back, but you were more versatile than that. You helped out in the pass game as well. So so, so tell me what people should know about Chris Johnson or, or how you feel that pe people should look at Chris Johnson. Yeah, that. like this is Shark Tank and we're the Sharks and you have to pitch yeah. us your, your case to get into the Hall of Fame. Well, my case is, first of all, like you say, the number one home run hitter in history yeah he said four runs at least 85 but when you talk about 80 yard runs i think i have like seven or eight something like that well runs and catches like of 80 yards like eight of those the closest person to me have probably like four or whatever that's one two i think i changed the game like when i say that you know a lot of people they might bring up word done or um um Brian Westbrook and stuff like that but those guys they was always paired up with somebody they had the smaller guy and the bigger guy um when I came in you had to be 225 230 pounds to be an every down back I came in at 200 pounds um as an every down back and I did what I did and then after I did what I did then after that you start to see guys being drafted to be every down backs now you look at the game now you don't have to be 225, 230 pounds to come in and be an every down back. Like you look at Alvin Kamara, you look at Saquon Barkley, you look at um, Eckler. Um, Eckler, you look at Dalvin Cook, you look at these guys. These guys would never, ever have the chance to be an every down back if I didn't change the game. Not saying these guys are not good enough. But saying before I came in the league and I rushed for 2,000 yards and had 500 receiving yards, we came in the game, guys, my size was, okay, this guy is 200 pounds. He's 205 pounds. Like, you know what? We're going to bring him in. He's going to be our third down back. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, so you have a guy 230 pounds. He come in and play first, second down. Then they bring me in as the third down back and throw them the ball out of the backfield, whatever. Now you got guys my size coming in and offense coordinator and coaches and GMs. We're drafting these guys because we want a guy that's going to be able to come in and play three downs. He don't have to come out the, he don't have to come out the field 
on third down, or he don't have to just come in the game on third down. He's going to play first, second, and third down, and we create mismatches because nine times out of ten, when a guy that's 200 pounds come in the game on third down, what are we doing? Yeah. We're passing the ball, right? Right, right, right. Well, and when so, it came to Titans running back greats even before you, I mean, Titans fans were used to Eddie George, who's, what, 6'4", you know, 200 yeah. and you know, 20 pounds like that is right. like the size discrepancy is, is incredibly different. And yeah, you're right. Like now it's like, you, it's the Chris Johnson's of the world. We're not, it's not rare to see someone like you and, and like, even right. like Derek Henry today, like Derek Henry, a larger back. So for right. you to like, kind of open up that door for everyone. And when it comes to Derek yourself and Eddie, I obviously, I mean, I think, any Titans fan will agree. The three, the three-headed monster of the best backs in Titans history. Yeah, and we got to go Earl too, man. You got to and Earl, and Earl, right? Yeah, if you but, if you count but, the Oilers in that, talk about those guys, right? If you mm -hmm. talk about those guys, like not even those guys. Let's talk about Derek and Derek. I love him to death, and he's my one of my top backs in the league. But when we talk about every down back on third down, what do the Titans do? Right. They go. <laughs> yeah. They take they take Derek out. Right. Yeah. Know what I'm saying? They take him out. I'm talking like so that's where my point comes to. If you call, talk, go back in the days a little bit and you talk about Jerome Bettis, get what? They take him out and put Faz Willie Park in on third down. Yeah. Know did, what I'm saying? Did, did the Titans try and pigeon you pigeonhole you into that role and and then just eventually realize we've got a guy who can hit a home run on any down. We need to give him more touches or, or did you always come in? Like, were you drafted with them thinking we're going like, this is going to be our every down back. Crazy story. When they drafted me, um, Jeff Fisher, he, he came in. Um, so, you know, me and Lindell, we were doing the smash and dash thing or whatever. Right. Yeah. So Mike Hammerdinger, um, rest in peace. He called me in his office. He like, man, when we, even before you, we drafted you and I told them that I wanted you, I told them that this guy is not a third down back. He's an every down back. So they drafted me as an every down back. Damn. Know what I'm saying? They drafted yeah. me as that, but know what I'm saying? Like, I still had to come in and prove it. Sure. Know what I'm saying? I still had to come in and prove it. So when we came in, that first year, I had like 12, like almost 1,300 rushing yards. Lindell had 800 rushing yards. And then coming into my second year of training camp, Coach uh, Coach Fisher and Coach Mike Heimerdinger called me in the office and they say, man, we giving you the keys to the car. It's you. Know what I'm yes. saying? And yeah. That was history. Know what I'm saying? So yeah. I was drafted as an every down back, but once I proved it, and did what I did. You got to think, even after that, C.J. Spiller came in. Uh, he had a great career, but at his size, he would have never came in as a as a, supposed to be the every down back. But he got drafted top 15. I think he went either 12 or 7. Yeah. This, know what I'm saying? Like, none of this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for me. I don't mean to brag or boast, but when you say, why do I feel like I should be in the Hall of Fame is because I feel like that's what I did. And you can, even y'all, if y'all feel like it's another guy out there before my time, name him. And I, you know, I I just, I don't know. You know, right. we had guys. So 
Well, it, it's it's crazy because CJ, when you were drafted, you posted the fastest time in the 40, 424. And right. every year since you came into the league and proved that a guy that fast can be a three down back in the NFL, there there are teams that haven't stopped reaching early on for the yeah. fastest guy in the combine. And <laughs> right. it doesn't work like you did. Right. Exactly. It just don't work like that. And then like even with that, like I ran the I had 3,000 all-purpose yards my senior year coming out, right? And I know they may say the schools, these other guys went to bigger schools or whatever it is or whatever they want to say. With my tape and all that, and I ran a 424, the fastest 40 in NFL history at the time. And even though I went first round, I still was the fifth running back taken in that draft. Four other running backs went ahead of me. And I feel like it was, yeah, you might can say the school a little bit, but all those guys was 220 pounds and up. Yeah, right, right. Is that would prototype? you say would you yeah, say you're the prototype? Are you the best running back to uh, or no, I'll say this. Are you the best player to come out of East Carolina? Am I the best player? Uh, I, I got to say, yeah, we got. Jeff <laughs> okay. All right. We got Jeff Blake. We got David Garrard. We got um, Robert Jones. Yeah, I give it to yeah. you. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I agree, too. I was I just, this year, too. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. The. Uh, uh, Go ahead, Jack. I was going to ask you, Chris, about that 2,000-yard season. Um, you, you needed, I believe, what was it, 128 yards to get to 2K last week of the year against the Seahawks. Right. You ended up getting 134, but you were a lot closer to Eric Dickerson's record than what the numbers show because you finished at right. 2,006 yards. But in that game, in the fourth quarter, when you were rolling, mm-hmm. you busted off a 62-yard touchdown run. Got right. called back a mod hall holding penalty that never happened. It was a fan. It never happened. It never happened. Never happened. No, never <laughs> happened the, at all. What was the conversation like going into that game? Were you were you sitting down with Coach Fisher and just saying, "Hey, like, give me the ball as many times as, as I can physically handle to get to 2,000? Or was that changed at halftime where you're like, "Hey, I'm going for the record. I'm going for Eric Dickerson." No, nah, it was crazy because we going to meet him. We going to meet him. Mind you, for us to win that game. We, we, it was a lot of things that had to happen for us to make the playoffs because that was the year that um, Kerry Collins started. Vince Young came in and we won the last, out of the last 10 games, we won the last, we won eight out of the last 10 games. Mm-hmm. So by us winning that game, that gave us a shot to still make the playoffs. So that was one of our um, things that we was focused on. We still had a chance to make the playoffs. And another thing, Coach Fisher came in there and he was like, man, everybody keep talking about these 2,000 yards, but we're going for the record. He said, we're going for the record. So that's what we're doing. And I'm like, man, let's go. Let's get it. You know what I'm saying? And I really believe, shoot, I was going to get it. I was going to get the record. But when they caught that 62 yard of that, it was just, man, you know how that go. Right. Because so, so right. I think that would have put me at like, um, probably like 200, um, 2,000. Probably like close to 2080. Yeah, you, you would have been about Somewhere. 20, 30 yards short. But right, exactly, there was exactly. Still 12 minutes left in that game. It would have happened. Right. So, right. so that happens, Ahmad Hall. Do you still do you still have nightmares about it? Do you still text Ahmad Hall every now and then and say, man? <laughs> no, nah, I don't because it actually it wasn't a holding call. It right. wasn't a holding call at all. It wasn't a holding. And um 
the next year in training camp, the same ref came to our training camp and he apologized to us in front of the whole team. No. Really? Yeah. He he actually lost his chance. By him calling that call, he was he lost his chance on officiating in the Super Bowl that year. Oh man, I did not wow. know. That. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, so well, how'd you handle that? So he comes in and apologizes. How'd you handle that? Well, now we could change at the time. Like, yeah, give me like, give me back my yards. <laughs> give back my yards. And like, dang, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, oh. is there a uh, is there like a secret clubhouse that the two thousand yard rushers like hang out in? Is there like a, a frat house that you guys get to like exclusive access like to? Maybe house. maybe fine dining. Maybe the maybe like the the Ruth Chris <laughs> secret menu or anything. Nah, man. You know it's crazy. I was doing a signing. I was doing a signing this year. Um, and that's something actually that I seen Terrell Davis. And that's something that he's actually trying to put together. Like, really? It's only like, and at the time, I think it was only seven of us or whatever. Derek just did it. But like, for it to only be in NFL history, we talking about a game that's been around this long, like over a hundred years, a hundred years and only eight guys in history mm-hmm. only rushed for over 2000 yards. Like, He's trying to put something together. It should be something, just like how the house yeah. is. It should right. be something. And that's why I say, like, if you really look at it and you, like, look at how many years this league been going on and only eight guys, I just feel like that's a, that should be an automatic in the Hall of Fame just by that. Right. Totally agree. Right. And, hey, would you invite O.J. Simpson to those meetings? <laughs> of course. I got his jersey right here. Okay. <laughs> all right. I got his jersey I mean, He's in right the club. Here. He's, yeah, in, he's the in the club. You might I'm have right to meet him, meet him at his place. If you meet up though, you, I think, <laughs> I think it would be, uh, the, yeah, I mean, at very least, you know, make it a cheesecake factory night, you know, just a dinner once a night or once a year or something, you know, you, I think that's, I think that's oh, smart. Man. I think it, it needs to happen because it is something that is, I mean, there's, I mean, and there's not like, it's not like there's a, uh, 5,000 yard passing club for quarterbacks or anything like that. Like it's, it's such a rare feat. My question to you is now there's a 17 game schedule. If a guy gets in 2000 yards in that 17th game, does he get in or does he have to like wear like an asterisk on like lapel pin on his jacket or, or what, what, how would you look at a guy getting 2000 yards in a 17 game season rather than 16? Man, he get in no matter what. Yeah, 17 still get in because you got to okay. think. O- OJ did it in 14. That's true. 14 That's game. True. Yeah, do you OJ think OJ looks at you guys like differently? Like, oh, Man, okay, you, yeah. I don't think so, but you can't really because 2,000 yards, I don't care if it was 20 games. That means 20 games, you got to rush for 100 yards every single game. And I don't, think, I don't think people understand how hard it is to rush for 100 yards in the game on right. the NFL level. Like, that's hard to do. And in so that like, 2009 season, you did it, uh, I think, 10 straight games. 10 straight game. I think I had 12 total, something like that. Yeah, like, it was crazy. That and that year, like, was it was it weird when you, like, in a game where you didn't eclipse 100 yards? Like, did it feel weird? Man, yeah, it kind of did. It did. But I think, like, once we got, like, towards the end, 
like if if it wasn't a hundred yard rushes, I probably had like eighty yard receivings. Like I was doing something every game. Yeah. Like I was doing <laughs> something every game, and then like, it was just crazy. Like then for me to break, so everybody was talking about the whole Eric Dickerson in the two thousand yard. I think it overshadowed me breaking Marshall fault record. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't oh, right. know I, I didn't even know I had that record until the next day on the interview and they was asking, so yeah, so how do you feel about breaking Marshall Fall record? I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and the crazy thing is, get what? I broke that record, like, I think I broke that record before I rushed for the 2,000 yards or somewhere in there on the catch or something like that. Like, I got I got a lot of records that I didn't even know, like 2,000 yard rush, rushing yards and 50 receptions. And 500 receiving yards, that's a record, too. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I ain't no idea at all that. I was just out there having fun, playing, and just really trying to win that game, make the playoff, and break the Eric Dickerson record. Yeah. CJ, you've got so many records, whether it's NFL or franchise-related. Which one are you most proud of? Um, The 2,500, because it's only one person in that seat. There's only one person at a time. You think about a 2,000 yards, it's eight people right here. We all in the same. When you talk about 2,500, ain't nobody. It's only one person at the top. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's only one person. That's awesome. That, and, they, yeah. and, that, and the crazy thing about it, that was in, what, 2009? 2009, 2010, whatever that season, 2009. And we're, we're 2022, 2023 season and that record ain't been touched yet yeah and, and offenses now have developed so much i mean that so many yards are to be had on sundays now the, the game right. totally changed from when you were when you were playing exactly exactly so you got I, i'm looking at it now i'm like man if i play in this era like you got guys like i look up and they got 10 11 12 receptions at relevant like right you know what I'm right. saying? Right. Even <laughs> even even Derek this year, who's not even like a really a pass catching running back, is is they're they're finding more ways to get him the ball through the passing game. So right. imagine if like if you were playing today, I mean, goodness, like you would right. be in, involved in this in this. I mean, and you look at just the offenses around the league, from the Bills to the Chiefs. Uh, I mean, even the Titans, which is a more run heavy offense, is right. still like throwing the ball all right. over the field and all over the art, and you would be. You would be such an integral part of that. Right. Exactly. Just, man, just getting guys like myself with that type of ability, just getting them in space. Like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, back when I was playing, that's when you had backs like 15, 16, 1700. Like, that's what you had to do to be, for you to be considered a top back in the league, you had to be rest for at least 1,500 yards. Yeah. Know what I'm saying? Like right. 15, 16, 1700 yards and stuff like that. But now these days, like, you know, they get their receiving yards and they get their rushing yards. And it's like, dang, if I could be in a situation like that when I'm getting 15, 20 carries and 10 targets every game, you know, I would have did with that. Like, man, that's crazy. No, right? it's, it's, just a f- fair, it's, it's a fair point to bring up, I think, especially for a player who can do it both like you did. Um, you went on best busting with the boys, Taylor Lewan and Will Compton. Right. You ranked the Titans running backs, top three. Ooh. CJ, 
King Henry, and then Eddie. Right. What does Derrick Henry have to do to pass you? What do Ooh, he have question. to? He had to. Um, he had to beat that record. Twenty five hundred. Yeah, he got to beat my record. Okay. <laughs> what if he goes? What if he goes over two thousand again? He's in. He beat it. Two two thousand yards. You can't. He beat it. Okay. Okay. I feel cool. like if Derrick go for another two thousand yards, he the best running back in NFL history. Do you think okay. he can do it? Because the way he plays, he gets so many carries, and I mean, he takes some hits. Do you think that's possible for him to do again? Um, I think I'm not gonna even lie. I think it was possible for him to do it, and if he was gonna do it, he would have had to do it last year when he was on that run. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. but now how the game is, and the amount of carries that he's going to have to get is going to be hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's going to be hard for him to do. Is wear and tear a real thing, or is that just something the media kind of makes up and, and drives on? Because I feel like, I mean, like, on a week-to-week basis, you're resting up, and, you know, you are you get yourself physically and mentally ready for the next week's game. But if you get a lot of carries one week, are you are you a little bit more exhausted or drained the following week or over a, a course of eight, 10 games, like later on in the season? Does that, is a wear and tear a real thing? Yes, I think it is. And I think um, a lot of people got their different views on it, but I think this what re- wear and tear really is, it's not about, are you healthy enough to go out? If I get 30 carries this game, then this next game, I'm, I'm a little beaner. I can't get 30. No, it's more so of, okay, it's your recovery time. It's like, okay, when I was in year one, two, like I can go out there and get 25 carries and I'm sore as hell. And I might be feeling back to my normal self by the time, say, um, Wednesday come. Yeah. But the more and more in my career and the more carries and carries I say, I might not feel back to my normal self to not Thursday or not Friday. You know what I'm saying? So it's just all about your recovery time and getting back to how you is and like, you know what I'm saying? So right. that's just what it is. Football has a way of of sticking with you for forever, whether you played like, you know, in high school, college, or into the pros, like, like games and moments stick out to you for like, the rest of your life, honestly. And right. my, my, my wife gets on me cause I'll still complain about certain things that happened in high school football. And she's like, get over it. You're an adult now. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, but you don't understand like football. It just sticks with you. Right. So with that said, CJ, what, uh, what is uh, in your time with the Titans specifically, uh, what was, what was your best win? The best moment that you felt after a game on the field and what was the worst loss? Um, okay, my best one was uh, okay, Jacksonville. Well, I have two. One of them is Jacksonville. Me and Jones Drew was going back and forth, back and forth. You know what I'm saying? I think I finished with like 240, he finished like 220 or something like that. We're going back and forth, so it was like kind of battle within myself with him and the teams because it was a divisional game. So end up, I think towards the end of the game, I broke for like a 94, 96 yarder to seal the game. And then um that and was, you're that keeping was, you're keeping tabs on that during the game, right? Like you're like, are you like looking up at the scoreboard, like seeing no, like how many rushing yards I got? No, I wasn't looking at rushing yards, but it, it was crazy because it was one of them type of games like he'll go out there and score. 
I'll come okay. right back. He okay. sort of like a heavy, heavy. Um, sure, yeah. Back. He goes break for a long one. I come right back. You know what I'm saying? It was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it was like my last 96 yarder. That was the knockout place. Boom. You know what I'm saying? That was the knockout blow. And it was over right. from there. <laughs> right, that one right. was one. That was the haymaker. Then, that was a haymaker. Then another one was um, BY uh, was starting this game. We was playing the Arizona Cardinals. We was losing. BY came in. Brian goes all the way back, game-winning drive, drove it all the way down the field. Oh, scored on game. the – yeah, Kenny Britt catch that across the middle. Yes. That, that, them two games, them was probably some of the best games I've been in as far as, like, going back and forth and coming back. And my worst game, well, I had 140 rushing yards, but <laughs> we went we went um to down to Boston. <laughs> Oh. against Tom Brady. Oh, geez. In the snow. In the snow. I've never you know. seen the scope. I've never seen the team score that quick. Which like, that was a, correct me if I'm wrong, that was a loss before a bye week. And yeah, to and go 0 and 6. In. Yeah. And then, and that was when the change was made. And yeah, then the season turned around. Yeah. Then the season turned around. I think it was probably like 48 to zip at halftime or something. Like, yeah. It was oh, crazy. It, like, it was, that was my worst game. ever loss. What do you say at halftime? Like, what do you what do you even say after a game like that? Is it just like, Man. do you even watch the film? Do you like, do, do you, you just move yeah, on? Right back. We didn't even watch that film. Like, we we got back. Like, even at halftime, it's nothing to say. Who's gonna quit? Who's gonna still fight? Then we get back after that. Like, it's we going on by week. Man, guess what? We ain't even finna watch this film. We ain't watching yeah. this film. We just we moving on to by week. Everybody getting healthy. And we start film on the next team. That's how that I, went. I feel like that should be the uh, in the lead paragraph of your case for the Hall of Fame. In a game we lost 59 to nothing, I still had 140 rushing yards. Like that right there should be like the the look that right. That's the argument right there. If that was your only game in the NFL, that right there alone is impressive. Like you were you were the offense that day and there wasn't yeah. even an offense that day. Yeah, we didn't have no <laughs> passing yards, I don't think. But. Right. <laughs> real, I think we literally set the record. I think it was probably either five or ten passing yards. I, I, oh, I, that's I, right. Yeah, it was, I, I want to say six was the number. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> single digits. I think. It right. Was. <laughs> it, was, it, it was a dark day up in Foxborough. There's no doubt about right. it. Hey, right. CJ. Uh, I, I was going to ask oh. CJ real quick. Um, Smash and Dash Believe Podcast Network. What can right. Titans fans tune in to to hear from you and Lindale? Oh man. Y'all just come on there. We're gonna talk about Titans. We're gonna talk about sports. We're gonna talk about lifestyle, all type of stuff. Kanye West, all type <laughs> of crazy things, whatever going on. You're gonna get y'all, y'all gonna get a nice laugh. Y'all gonna love it, man. Just the chemistry is crazy. Check us out, man. Smash and dance podcast. It just literally just hanging out with with you two is essentially what yeah, we'll get. Yeah, yeah okay. just hanging out, man. I love that. The all right, CJ. Last question uh, before we get you out of here. Um, I so Gus Johnson back in the day on one of your runs said you <laughs> you got getting away from the cops speed. Okay, maybe in a little in a little inappropriate. You know, whatever you want to say about it. I want to ask you straight from the horse's mouth. What? How would you describe your speed? Oh, my speed. Ah, uh, man. Ah. Uh. I'd have to say like cheetah speed or 
Jesus, Jesus speed. speed, world class speed, something like that, man. Something like okay. That. So world. Well, let's just let's blend the two together. Let's workshop this a little bit. Wor- world class cheetah speed. How about that? Yeah, world class cheetah speed. That is awesome. World that works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All world right, world class cheetah, cheetah speed. Are you and are you? I mean, obviously, like fastest guy in NFL history. Can we say that? Yeah, why not? Okay, I look. I'm just trying to get that that Canton bit. I want to <laughs> yeah. see you in a gold jacket. Why not? Right? Yeah, and that's and I haven't even been saying that. Like one of the fastest guys, like, and I say one of the fastest because like a lot of like when they be coming up with these polls and asking these questions. I'd be like, man, all these guys had a chance to run the 40. So yeah. I ran a 4-2-4. It's a guy that ran a 4-2-2 and a 4-2-3. So I just look at it like, man, I held a record for 10, 11 years. So those guys, they ran 4-2-2, 4-2-3. A little bit faster than me. Yeah. Uh, who knows on the field, but I just got to say, man, I'm probably the fastest running back ever. Well, that's the thing, though. They, yeah, they may have ran a faster time in the forty at the combine, but we don't, we don't know that who they are. You know, like you look at that top ten list of the top fastest times. It's like Chris Johnson's name. Like you stand out because you're the only guy who like parlayed that into a successful Hall and career. Hall of Fame right. career, right? Right, right, so right, right, right. That to me is, you know, it goes back to Jack's question earlier. Like it's like those guys, like guys will always take flyers on the fastest player in the draft just because they're the fastest player in the draft. And you're the only one that actually did anything. You were the, you were the Barry Bonds or the Hank Aaron of, of football, where every time you touched the rocket, you had a chance to hit a home run and right. you did most times. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, every look, look, time. CJ, if you ever need any uh, hype guys out on the road for you to get you into Canton, Jack and I, we're, we're available. We're ready. We will hype the hell out of you and get you. Cause I want to see you in a gold jacket. You know, you've got all those right. jerseys hanging on the wall behind you. What I want to see is yeah. a, a new piece of uh, clothing added to that. Yeah. And it, it just that, that gold jacket, man, what size yeah. jacket are you? Do you know? Because I feel like that's an important question. I'm a 44, 44. Okay, good. 44. People that should know. Right. Uh, that, and that you see how quickly he answered that? Because, you know, he knows like he's got yeah. you got to have that ready for I got it. it. <laughs> he can drop it 42 if he uh, drops that Patron like Lindale did. Probably. That's right. Yeah, right. I, or I, might the, I might well. Yeah. yeah, I don't do that. But I do. The, the <laughs> <laughs> there are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Uh, some breaking news from the trade deadline. Uh, it's not necessarily a trade, uh, but your Tennessee Titans have signed uh, Dylan McBad hamstring, a uh, cornerback, to their practice squad. So how about that? Wow, that's a, that's a, that's a classic John Robinson move. <laughs> Dylan McBad I, I really heard... I, I really think that, look, if McBad hamstring uh, with given the right opportunity can, you know, create some, you know, great place on the defensive side of the ball. So, yeah, I'm sure he'll thrive with this uh, training staff. The Titans have in place. that's just kept all of the Titans healthy in the past two years. Uh, oh, and. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, Michael. Uh, Michael. McWhoops, I slipped uh, at offensive tackle, a practice squad guy. Wow. Okay. So good. So, come in and light a fire under Dylan Raven, Ravens. 
Yeah. So look, I mean, you line up Michael McWhoops. I slip, slipped uh, right there next to um, Dylan uh, McGod hamstring. Right. <laughs> like all I'm saying is this offensive line has a pretty formidable offensive line and it is the help that we needed. So why get guys, uh, why waste draft picks on guys when you could just sign used parts off of uh, <laughs> if, if John Robinson was a, John Robinson is like the like a mechanic who always has grease on his fingers and he always comes out walking out of the uh, Titans facility, just wiping his hands down with like an oily rag. And he's just like, yeah, what can I uh, what can I do for you? And we're like, we're like, hey, yeah, do you ha- I have uh, I have my uh, broken fender here on my car. He's like, oh, yeah, he's like, I can get you fixed up. He's like, I think I got a few. Uh, what, what kind of car? That's a Mazda. Yeah, I think we got some Mazda fenders back there. If not, we could throw a uh, we could throw another. We could throw a Ford uh, Focus uh, Fender on there. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, but I drive a Mazda. No, it's all right. Trust me, this will work. This will work. You need an extra air vents, oil change, wiper fluid, any of yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I got, it. I got it for you right here. And he's still wiping his hands down with the rag, with the oily rag. You're like, okay, that. Why are you wiping your hands down with a rag that looks <laughs> dirtier than your hands? You know, you ever see like those mechanics at like Jiffy Lube? It's like that doesn't. That seems like it's counterintuitive to what you're looking to do. Uh, are I think you, that they like have like instead of hand soap by the sink, it's motor oil. I, I think that they just like <laughs> that like adds they, credibility to to like their position inside the body shop. It's like, oh, his hands are always dirty. Yeah, he, right. He must be working right. hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh so as we all know that the uh or uh, oh actually let me get to this before we get to our uh, Titans Chiefs breakdown. So um Nicholas Petit Friere had a moment in the game on uh Sunday and I was watching the game and I <laughs> I I giggled. I like audibly laughed when I saw it live. So I went back and I I rewound my DVR and I and I recorded my TV screen, which I always hate when people record their TV screens, but I had to on this one because I didn't have another way of getting the clip. So I recorded my TV screen. He, uh, as the Titans were like pushing the pile, put uh, kind of like they were against the Colts that earned them a first down. A lot of the offensive lines start pushing the pile. And obviously it led to them falling over like dominoes, which was funny. And on the back end of that was Nicholas Petit Friere falling over the top of the pile. And I don't know who it was from the Texans, but someone came up from behind him and literally just not being coy about it at all, just grabs Nicholas Petit Friere's pants and pulls them down. Like, I know maybe he was trying to pull him off the pile, but just went straight pull down and you could see some ass crack from Nicholas Petit Friere. I thought that was hilarious. So I tweeted it out and I said, uh, we were so close to getting some Nicholas Petit free ass. <laughs> a little play on his word a uh, little uh you know you know how we were talking about how we missed you know of, of some of the former titans on on the front end of this podcast it made me miss Jarrell casey and his crack oh that was one of the probably the most famous ass crack in titans history i'll say took uh, no games off that's for sure just a great just a great ass crack um i miss that thing so bad but um, so I, I tweeted that out and obviously after the game, it starts, it starts, you know, it, it starts picking up some steam, you know, got a lot of Titans fans were retweeting it and sharing it and stuff. And uh, to the point where Dylan Radins retweeted it and tagged Nicholas Petit Friere in it. And I had, I think I had tagged Nicholas Petit Friere in the actual video. So I wasn't like, I wasn't like trying to hide it from her or anything. And, um, 
NPF then retweeted it himself, my tweet, and said, at least get my name right if you're going to use my butt for views. <laughs> so he thought that you thought that his name was actually Nicholas, Nicholas Petit Free Ass. Yeah, which I mean, come on, man. Like, it's like I literally hyphenated free and ass. Like, I know you don't have two hyphens in your last name. Come on, he, dude. Like, listening to him talk, he, he's like got to be one of the smartest guys in that locker room. Right, but, right. Look, book smart does not translate to Twitter smart. Oh, my gosh. There's a big dividing line between the two. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. My wife is probably the most book smart person I know. But when it comes to like Twitter smart and street smarts, uh, -uh. it's she is lacking know uh, how to, brain cells in that. I know how to deal with the trolls. This is this is part of being a rookie. You got to know how to do it. And so he, uh, he he so I tweeted back at him and I said it it was a play on words, my man. But you should consider an OnlyFans because that butt is getting some views. <laughs> <laughs> so you said he DM'd you. This obviously continues. So. So after that, yeah, he DM'd me. Jack, any idea what he, he said to me in the DM? Clown emoji. Ooh, clown emoji. I like that. I like was he that. Upset? I, I need to know his mood. Yeah, see, and that's what I was trying to figure out. Because I was like, dude, like, I know out. your name isn't Nicholas Petit Free Ass, okay? <laughs> I But I could very well make it that. We could start referring to that as, as much as we want if you if you want me to. Um the uh where is it? i gotta find the uh the dm i i just had it so yeah so he um so i so he dams me and when i see his name in my pop up in my dms i honestly my heart fluttered a little bit i was like oh no what is this gonna be like a whole thing and i don't want people to think that like i had beef or anything with yeah, have you made a titans enemy? player right so he tweets or he he dms me he says I got you, bro. Was trying to ride your tweet clout, LOL, but appreciate you bringing it to light, LOL. Oh, that's good. A happy ending. And I was like, all right, good. I, I That made me feel a lot better. Okay, he's he's got a sense of humor. This is a dude that, like, he was just, he was making a joke on my joke, which then, in turn, going back to what we were just talking about, not being able to read the trolls, was I not able to read the trolls? Am I getting, am I getting aged out of Twitter? That, that, that's a tough one for me to figure out there because I just simply can't get in the mind of NPF. I, I don't know. Right. Like he hasn't been here were, long enough for me to know his personality. There were people that responded to his tweet of like retweeting mine saying, uh, I got his ass or like, man, Austin, <laughs> you just body bagged Austin or whatever. And I was just like, guys, what? No. And then, so, so uh, you ask him to come on the podcast though. Not yet. Not yet. That's okay. that right there. My friend is the long con. Okay. Yes, exactly. That is the, Luke that is the... actually texted me. You thought you th thought that exchange was hilarious. And he said, y'all better get uncle MPF on. We got, I think that's, that is the, I don't think I will probably step. do it. You got to do it after the season. Cause we know, we know how the Titans are with, you know, during the season, but after the season, I think NPF is a very viable candidate to hop on with us. We'll uh, I, I did say, I said, all good, my man, you're, uh, the point that he had in the video, because he pointed at the guy right after the dude pulled his pants down. He just pointed at him. I said that that had me cracking up. I said, nice ass, by the way. <laughs> did you actually say that? Did I did. Know, I, he didn't respond to that. There's I no. legit said nice ass, by the way. Um, <laughs> so uh, I like so how, I, uh, I like how you said cracking up, too. That's a that's a good little. Point. Oh, damn, Jack, that, that 
and that is why this is this is why this podcast is perfect. Uh, Jack, um, also, which speaking of DMs, uh, one thing I did, I I have yet to receive um, is uh, a birthday message from Chase Kaufman on LinkedIn. Remember last oh, year? Oh, yeah. He didn't get back to you. My birthday was October 21st. And um, yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten anything yet. So yeah, uh, Titan, former Missouri Tiger. I believe you like wished him a happy birthday, maybe like three weeks after his birthday. He 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 sent me a DM or a DM on LinkedIn wishing me a happy birthday. And I was like, OK, maybe this is just one of those LinkedIn things, because LinkedIn is real big with like the hey, we're going to type out this message. Do you want to send it? You know, like it was just like the. The, the stock message that you send to people yeah. in your context just to network. But, but so then we, we agreed on this podcast that we we're going to respond to the, the, the DM and we did. And then he responded to that response. So then we we're like, Oh damn, he legitimately wished a happy birth. Like, and then it became a whole thing. I don't think that Chase Kaufman, um, your half our audience is like who the hell is chase coffin probably more than half our audience former titans uh tight end if you if you listen to this podcast and you don't know chase coffin then honestly are you really cut out to listen to this <laughs> podcast all right let's get to the, the before we get to the remember the titans the titans and chiefs are playing this week Vrabel said on monday when asked about ryan Tannehill's health he said well we'll see you on wednesday and it was like, okay, Mike, please, just for the, the podcasters out there that podcast on Tuesdays, can you give them anything? And he's like, nope. And so he, so we don't know the status of Ryan Tannehill. And honestly, we may not know on Wednesday. We probably won't know until like Saturday when the 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 health status or the the, the health report, report come injury out. report. Yeah. Well, thank you. The first practice is always Wednesday, and I, I'd like to see Tannehill get an, at least a limited session. Um, I think that that would bode well for his status on Sunday. Um, looks yeah. like the Colts have just made a move. The Colts are trading Naheem Hines to the Buffalo Bills. Ooh, he's on my fantasy oh. team. He's oh. on my fantasy team. Had There's a touchdown wide. on Sunday. Uh, Naheem Hines. I don't, isn't that just a, isn't he like Devin Singletary light? I don't. He's, he's more of the pass catching back over there. They must feel good about Jonathan Taylor's health moving forward. And they also had a uh, Dion Jackson. I think that's his name. Oh, by the way, when I was talking about the Chiefs run defense, they have the, you know, the second best run defense in the NFL right now. Um, and we were like, well, have they played any good running backs? They have played Josh Jacobs and um uh and, having a good year. And Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor had um 71 yards on 21 carries. So they bottled they bottled uh Jonathan Taylor up pretty well, but then again, who hasn't this year? Am I right, folks? <laughs> and uh, but they did play Josh. Uh, Josh Jacobs gave up over 150 yards and a touchdown to Josh Jacobs. So, see, here's the thing about the Raiders, though. They have Devontae Adams, Darren Waller. I don't know if Renfro was healthy for that game or not, but they've got the threat of throwing the ball. The Titans with NWI, Robert Woods, Cody Hollister, that threat isn't the same. So, they're going to pack the box. They know how the Titans play, but like right. I said earlier, Derrick Henry has had some success against the Chiefs, and Tannehill hasn't been bad either. You know, he's played against them in three games. He's two and one against the Chiefs. Four touchdowns, one pick, 94.6 passer rating. So, you know, he's performed okay. He's only averaging 218 yards per game against Kansas City. But that's essentially what you need out of Tannehill to be in the game late against. Well, them. and, and that's the thing too. It's like, I think the reason the chiefs run defense is so good is because they get leads on teams very early. 
And so teams kind Good of point. have to play catch up. Game and does not favor running the football. So that that is a little skewed. That's a good point. Right. So I'm hoping if the Titans somehow fall behind 14 to nothing or something in this game, they stick with running the football. Keep giving it to Derrick Henry. Let him pound and ground. Because guys like, uh, okay, in a game where the, the Chiefs fair, pretty much dominated the 49ers a couple weeks ago, Jeff Wilson had over seven yards per carry, almost eight yards a carry. Okay. Uh, Christian McCaffrey had almost five yards a carry. Like I'm like, so you're getting good chunks of yardage on the ground. Guys aren't maybe necessarily racking up 150 yards like Josh Jacobs have against the chiefs. But I think running the ball, you can find success, even though they do have the second best running defense in the league, but you need to Todd Downing and Todd Downing for the most part does a, pretty good job at this but there's been times where he, he has gone off the rails when the titans fall behind and he abandons the run altogether you physically cannot do that that was an that was a strength of arthur smith's when the titans would trail he would stick with the run and he would stick with the he would stick with the game plan and ultimately it led to a lot of titans comebacks obviously ryan Tannehill has more comebacks over the last like three seasons than i think any quarterback in football so that's you just have to you have to stick with the game plan, and I'm hoping that they do it. And they, they need him healthy in order to, to have a game plan that gives you a shot to win. Because if Malik Willis is starting back there, uh, it's it's going to be extremely difficult to win this game. The other thing that helps the Titans when you play offenses like the Chiefs, the Bills, you know th- these these teams that can put up a ton of points in a hurry. Field goals don't help you in this. The Titans no. learned that in the AFC Championship game. Remember that in 2019 where yes. you know they had a few shots, but they just couldn't find the end zone. They settled for three too often. The Titans are one of the best offenses in the NFL inside the red zone this year. They've got to cash in for six. They can't settle for three. I don't really want to see Randy Bullock unless it's on extra points, in, the, in which case I hope I see a lot of Randy Bullock. Um, that means the Titans are scoring touchdowns. But – Having a great red zone offense is big when you have to score maybe 30, 35 points to win. The Titans haven't won a game um, where where they've really put up a ton of points on the scoreboard. They are starting to figure out things in the second half a little bit, but still a lot of room to grow. Wow. Okay. Uh, the the, the uh, Breaking news. Breaking news. Ben Arthur uh, of the Tennessean. He Uncle confirms. Uncle Ben Arthur. Yes. Uh, a, a former guest on this podcast. He confirms via a tweet that the trade deadline just passed, but right before the trade deadline, the Titans were able to file that the Titans did not make a trade by the deadline. It's great reporting by Ben Arthur. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I could have probably reported that last week, but um, yeah, so it's a boring trade deadline for the Titans, but not for the league, but now you don't have to worry about implementing anybody you know new into into this. We see how that works, by the way. The Packers, while they haven't really gone out and traded for anybody, they, they brought in a, a host of new players through the draft, and their offense. I mean, Rodgers is like teaching them how to play while they're out there. They can't run the two minute drill, so they won't have yeah. to catch anybody up in the playbook. Although I think that's overrated because Christian McCaffrey, less than two weeks in San Francisco was somehow able to throw a touchdown pass, catch a touchdown pass, and run for a touchdown. So, you know, getting these guys up to speed isn't as big of a deal as maybe it once was or once was thought to be. 
Um, the okay, so let's go real quick, real quick. Let's go back to our uh, breaking down this Chiefs game based off of uh, who's starting at quarterback, just so we have all of our bases covered. Because you know, when news inevitably breaks, we're we only do this podcast once a week, so we 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 can't necessarily respond to it. So we we're gonna go ahead and do the work ahead of time, and we're going to give you what we think. So Ryan Tannehill, fully healthy, starting for the Titans this Sunday night against the Chiefs. Look, I feel good about their chances. Tannehill's rested. He's healthy. He doesn't have a sickness anymore. Um, he he didn't have to even travel. He had a week off. He basically had two bye weeks this season. I love it. I think uh, getting him back, especially with Derrick Henry, with the the way he looked against the Texans and just how he's just running the ball like we know and love, him paired with Ryan Tannehill, I think that that's going to be match for success. And I think it's going to look, nobody takes the Titans seriously, which is fine by me because that's when the Titans strike. And I like, I like the way feeling going into Arrowhead is never easy, but Sunday night football, the Titans tend to play well in Sunday night football. Remember going into Los Angeles last year against the Rams, a really good Rams team. No one is expecting the Titans to win that game. And then what happened? They domination. They dominated. So I like this Titans defense, defensive line going up against the Chiefs, and with Ryan Tannehill back, chef's kiss. I'm 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 excited. Three of the last four opponents for the Chiefs have been on the road to the Buccaneers. They hosted the Bills, and then they went on the road last week to San Francisco, where they won. They won two of those three games, which I just mentioned. The Raiders were the other game where the Chiefs barely got by, 30-29 at home. So they, they've had a bit of a little tough stretch in their schedule right here. Maybe the maybe they've exhausted you know themselves mentally for this Titans game. Maybe it's one where they're like, you know what, not really worried about the Titans right now. They haven't been able to score a lot this year. Tannehill may not even play. You know, we, we've got a big game coming up in a couple of weeks on the road against the Chargers and then the Rams and then the Bengals and then the Broncos. So the Titans are kind of sandwiched in the middle of this chief schedule in a portion where it gets really tough for Kansas city. So I'm not saying that they're going to be overlooking the Titans because you can't do that based on how well the Titans have played the chiefs, you know, recently. And especially after last year where they came out in the first half and just thumped them, uh, they, they dominated the chiefs in the first half. And I don't know that either team really scored in the second half chiefs may have added a garbage time touchdown, but they, they destroyed the chiefs last year. The chiefs are going to be out for revenge. The Titans got to be aware of that. And the Titans, you know, nothing really matters unless Ryan Tannehill can start because Malik Willis isn't going to beat the Chiefs. You're saying you don't know if the Titan, if the Chiefs scored against the Titans last year? Were they shut out? They were shut out, baby. Shut out. How do you shut out the Chiefs? Ryan, the dude, did. I don't know, but the Titans did it last year. The Titans, uh, uh, Derrick Henry had more touchdown passes in that game than Patrick Mahomes. What? Wild. I still love hanging that over uh, Chiefs fans' heads. Because at Cork... At Cork Bats, we have a few. We have a couple of Chiefs fans, and they, my goodness, Chiefs fans love themselves. They are, they are, they are loud. They are loud and proud. Are, which I mean, I as they should be. I would be loud and proud if the Titans were as dominant as the Chiefs. So I get it. Um, but uh, Jack, now let's break it down. If Malik Wills is starting, oh shit! <laughs> this is this is the worst case scenario. When is how bad is Tannehill? Uh, you know, hurt or sick, whichever one it may be. He's got the ankle. He's got some mysterious illness. You know, uh, Malik Willis, he's not ready. I, you know, I'm, I'm honestly, 
I don't want to jump the gun, Austin, but I think the Titans may ought to draft a guy in the mid, in the middle of next year's draft. Malik, Willis, uh, honestly, the, it's taken too long. He's this not, takes me back already. This takes me back to the trade deadline. I wish the Titans would have done something at the trade deadline uh, by maybe picking up like Elijah Moore, maybe even Brandon Cooks, not to bolster their wide receiver depth, but to play uh, backup quarterback. Yeah, Brandon Cooks, he's he's been known to throw the football. Well, I mean, some gadget plays. Look, and you know who isn't known to throw in the football, especially on third and longs? Malik Willis. Yeah, this Todd Downing, team doesn't trust him again. Whether it's Malik Willis or Ryan Tannehill, Todd Downing hates hates I, uh, trying to go for the first down on third and long. He, no, he, he I, loves Randy Bull. He loves seeing Randy Bullock trot out there. Again, I'll say it again. I Malik Willis, I, I think he is going to be great eventually. But right now he is he is like a a a calf, a a, a no a, a baby deer learning how to walk. He's Bambi on ice right now. That is Malik Willis. Okay, he's like he's like three legged Bambi, dude. I, ba- this is going to take a long time for him to figure out. It's it seems like this project is going to take a couple of years. They they say the most growth happens for uh, players, especially quarterbacks, from year one to year two. So. I would I will be interested to see how he plays next season. Get a little more confidence under his belt. I like that he got some playing experience against a, a bad team that the Titans knew they could beat without him, or or with you know in spite of him. I I I think um, but 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 I right know you now give him a chance. Is, you got to give him a chance, Austin. But I, Logan Woodside is the backup. Like I still feel like I know the preseason wasn't pretty for Woodside, but I I just feel like that you know if. If it's a playoff game and Ryan Tannehill goes down, I guess you're not going to have three active quarterbacks. But I don't know. I feel like Woodside's still more – he can do more with this offense than Malik Willis can because well, football <laughs> seems like a big challenge, which it shouldn't be for a quarter. We, we've seen we've seen on fake punts that uh, that Logan Woodside can at least throw the football. Um, it is uh, – yeah, it is and, – and, and – it was it just me or did Malik Willis look a lot slower on Sunday than he did in the preseason? And and again, he's that's probably because he's going up against he's mentality. going up against actual starters in the NFL, starters for a bad defense, mind you, and still like that's why you're going to look slower. But anyway, I don't want to hold, I don't hold there. his debut too much against him. You know, you know, I, I think that's unfair. But right, I it it, it, it is unfair. And, and yes, it. He only really had a had a had a week to prepare as a starter. Look, once 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 Bambi learns how to walk, it will he he could very well become known as one of the greatest Disney films of all time. Okay. And especially if the Titans can add like uh pieces around him like Flower and Thumper, oh, you know, yeah. like got like trust me, it, Bambi can flourish, okay? But Dylan for right now hamstring isn't gonna be enough. They need to go <laughs> out and get flower. What about Michael McWhoops? Uh, my bad, <laughs> or Michael. Michael McOops, Mc- I slipped. Yeah, oops, I slipped. Yeah, Michael McOops, I slipped. Uh, yeah, I don't know if the if the Titans are going to sign D-list him. actors. We need some A-list guys. That's right. So I I do think yeah. Once once Bambi learns how to walk, going to be could has the potential to become one of the greatest films in Disney franchise history. Okay, Jack, let's get to remember the Titan. Uh, I'm gonna. In fact, I'm not even gonna ask you this week. I'm gonna make you go first this week. That's okay. I I, I wanted to lead off anyways. I my guys. We talk about every week how thin we are at Remember the Titan, 139 episodes in now. 
So yeah. that's two guys for every episode, except the one time we had the same guy. Um, not going to do math, but that's somewhere around 277, I believe. Um, yep. So I'm, I'm going with a Titan that spent just a little over a season with the team. He played in 15 games for the Titans, spanning through 2006, the back end of 06, and the beginning of 07. He's out of Iowa, where he now coaches. He's the special teams coordinator for the Iowa Hawkeyes. His name, LeVar Mason Woods. Not the same Ooh. ring to it that Bobby Trees had, LeVar Trees. I, I don't really... Doesn't it doesn't really roll off the tongue? It doesn't, off. yeah, because you can't really hyphen or you can't shorten it at all. Like Robert shortened to Bobby, or not even shortened, but like you know, like Bob, becomes Bobby. There's like Lavelle, Levy trees, Lavi, yeah, Lavi, Lavi trees. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but anyways, 15 games, mostly a special teamer, four tackles. He did recover a fumble in which he returned it for one yard. Um, so, you know, he, he, he created a takeaway or at least, you know, was the recipient of a, a loose football, but like I mentioned, you know, he played at Iowa under Kirk Ferentz. He's back there as a special teams coach where he's, um, you know, coached guys like Amir Smith-Marset who lost the game for the Chicago bears earlier in the year. Um, he, he's known for his trick plays in a very boring system. Iowa's special teams is known for some gadget plays. So they, they like to run a swinging gate. TJ Hawkinson um, was, a, was a touchdown recipient uh, on one of his trick plays at Iowa in Hawkinson's time, who was actually traded to the Vikings. New, new Minnesota Viking, that's right. Yep, so um, we're, we're, we're remembering LeVar Woods this week, spent time with the Arizona Cardinals, Detroit Lions, and the Tennessee Titans, now Iowa's special teams coach. So LeVar Woods, not just a Titan, but a Hawkeye. Ooh, not just a Titan, but a Hawkeye. Uh, my remember the Titan this week is a guy by the name of, I. in fact, in honor of it being Chiefs hate week, I'm going back to the 2019 season when the Titans beat the Chiefs in the regular season, but then they lost in the AFC championship to them. But that season was obviously uh, most known for I believe it was the 2019 season. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the punting carousel. Do you remember this? Do you remember the? Uh... Ooh, 2000. I feel like this was. Or was that COVID 2020? It was, was that it was 2020? COVID it was. It was the next year. Okay. When they had Trevor then, Daniel, the FedEx. Then honestly, player. okay. Then I can't figure out for the life of me why this guy was ever a Titan, because I am going with Hunter Ryan Santoso. Santoso. You do you remember Ryan Santoso? Dude has got, if you Google image search, you'll be like, oh yeah, I know that guy. Like that dude is, he's got a, he's got a really memorable uh, he's, mustache. He's tall. I believe he's very tall. He is six foot five, 258 pounds. Uh, he comes, he went to the university of Minnesota. He's a golden gopher. Um, he, so he was, a, he's a place kicker slash punter. Um, did he kick field goals for the Titans? I thought he punted. I thought he was listed as a punter for the Titans, but he's four or five in his career in the NFL, uh, a career long of 35, not to brag. And he was signed by the Titans November 27th, 2019, was waived uh, just under a month later, December 17th, 2019. And that was in between stints with the Montreal Alouettes. 
And then he bounced around Giants, Panthers, had a second stint with the Titans for a little bit, signed to their practice squad uh, September 17th of last year, but then was released three days later. That's got to suck. You know, it's like, oh, man, cool. It's, I'm a Titan. All right. You call your family. Hey, guys, I'm a Titan. I just signed with Titans. And literally three days later, you're like, uh, yeah, you're out of work. You're like, damn it. I guess I'll go to the Lions again, <laughs> which is exactly what he did. So, uh <laughs> So Ryan Santoso um, is my remember the Titan played in three games for the Titans, 17 kickoffs um, allowed uh, over a thousand yard kickoff return. Jeez. Um, nine touchbacks, nine touchbacks on 17 kickoffs. No, that's not his fault, but we're not going to hold that against him. Although you got to kick it um, the zone in the NFL. But yeah, I think, I, I think he only kicked off for the Titans. I don't see any that's, any punt. Yeah, no punts on here. So a 35 I, yard career long field goal. So cute. That's just so it cute. is so that is honestly, that's like that's what you do like when you like before and after like your turkey bowl with your high school buddies when you're playing on like your old high school field. You're like, oh, let's try some field goals. 35 yards. Like that's like I just want to hug that that stat. Yeah, your yeah, career long's 35 yards. I just want to give that a hug. Your your buddy Darren, who like played for the high school soccer team and back in the day like he could <laughs> nail that easily and everyone would be impressed well look at how far darren can kick the ball but it really it's only 35 yards yeah that was a good hamstring that you're talking about <laughs> classic <laughs> um the all right so ryan santoso my remember the titan only played in seven career games in the nfl three of them with the tennessee titans um jack Oh man, it is. It's that, it's that time. It's been, it's been a great. So thank you for everyone who joined us for the first time. I hope you've, you've made it this deep in the episode, probably honestly, right after Chris Johnson, you were like, we're piecing out. We can't, I can't put up with it. these dudes literally started the episodes by laughing. Okay. I'm not, I'm not sticking with these guys any longer than I need to than this interview. But if you did stick around, we appreciate it. We uh, would love it. If you rate review, subscribe, if you do stick around and if you become a tupper, as we call you guys, you have uh, it is an elite, elite community within the podcast world. It is it, the Tuppers are strong. They're loud. They're proud for this podcast. And we appreciate every single one of you. We a lot of times we put you guys uh, give you homework assignments or ask you to do stuff. Hell, Tuppers literally won us an award that we weren't even nominated for. In fact, they started a category for a podcast for podcasts in Nashville that no one else was nominated for that. They just started for us specifically because the Tuppers were so loud and proud. We appreciate every single one of you who listen, rate, review, subscribe, leave us four and a half stars, give buck 0.5 stars and uh, follow the show at Titan up pod on Twitter at Titan up podcast on Instagram. Jack, do you have anything for, uh, for the road? Chris Johnson's great. He was look, I do think that he deserves more of a fair shot at the Hall of Fame. We didn't really get to hit on him after the interview, but I, I do think that running backs have it really hard, right? Because quarterbacks like Phillip Rivers, who just stuck around for a long time, are getting talked about. Like he shouldn't even be in the conversation. It's Chris Johnson's six 1,000 yard seasons, obviously one of nine guys with 2,000 yards. No one talks about that record from scrimmage. Yeah, that no is a tough record. Look, look at, look at literally Nick Chubb this year. Nick Chubb has 840 yards. He's leading the NFL in rushing yards right now. Okay. 841 yards in eight games. He's averaging over a hundred yards per game. 
He's Derek on Henry's pace. Derek end up winning that title again, by the way. Uh, he really is, because Derek is a game behind, and he's only 86 yards behind him. So, I mean, yeah. Get, watch your back, Nick Chubb. Derek's coming. But Nick Chubb, he's leading the way. He's only on pace for 1,700 yards this year in a 17-game schedule with an extra game. He's he's still going to, like, he's on pace to fall 300 yards short of 2,000 yards. That is so incredibly hard with 17 games. And I think that's why Chris Johnson said, I'm not going to hold an extra game. He goes, 2,000 yards is tough to get in 16 games, in 14 games, in 17 games. He goes, honestly, I'm not going to hold an asterisk against anyone who gets it after, like, from this year. It's that hard to do. It's rare. I mean, it's extremely rare. I think Chris Johnson deserves to be in it. I think Titans fans um, could do better. I'm not saying we're doing bad, but like I'm, I'm just saying what we could do better. I think that it hurts Chris Johnson a little bit that Derrick Henry's here now. And so everybody's now focused on Derrick Henry being one of the best running backs of all time. Yeah. No, it's I mean, a good I, point. I mean, it's Chris Johnson's getting a little overshadowed. And I know he didn't finish up here. He wasn't a Titan for life, but the things he did in the NFL are not easy. There are a lot of running backs who will never touch what he did. So I, I think Chris Johnson deserves more respect. And I think the Titans fans um, could, could do a bit of a better job at, you, you know, maybe pushing his campaign forward. It, I think he's got a legit shot. I think it's a coin flip. Titans fans are loud and proud on Twitter. Uh, in, in, in the echelon of fan bases on Twitter, there's obviously Vol Twitter. There's Braves Twitter. And I think, you know, in a pretty, you know, far off third place, is Titans Twitter. And that's mainly because you're you're blending both Vols Twitter and Braves Twitter. But it is a loud and proud bunch. And I think we can make a lot of noise. We can do a lot of work for our guy, Chris Johnson, by just getting in the mentions of sports writers, of anyone. Whenever the Hall of Fame comes up, throwing Chris Johnson's name out there because he is a guy that deserves to be looked at as, look, what he did in his time. He really did. He, he changed the game. He was the fastest back in NFL history. Why should he not be a Hall of Famer? Did something that only eight other guys, and at the, his time of playing, only six other guys had ever done. I think uh, we we got to give him his props, and we got to we got to stick up for our guy. It's you know how in every Adam Schefter, Field Yates, Tom Pelissero, all the all the big breaking news NFL guys, how under their tweets are a bunch of mentions that say. Announce blah 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 to the Titans. Yeah. Announce CJ 2K to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Let's announce let's, him to Canton. Spam it. Right. Let's do it. Announce CJ 2K to ta- to Canton, Ohio. C A O H. Um. I don't know what that was. I don't know. I, was, I don't know. I was just trying to make something up. Uh. Okay. So, uh, you can follow that guy right there, Jack Gentry, on Twitter at Jack A Gentry. You can follow myself on Twitter at Austin Huff. Uh, <laughs> or you can just sign into my DMs like Nicholas Petit Friere. Either one. I, it doesn't matter to me. And uh, follow, of course, A to Z Sports on all things social. I we love you guys so much and we love doing this podcast every single week and we appreciate those of you who who appreciate the show and get the show and get what we do and understand us. Uh, honestly, right. you guys are our favorite people on earth. Um all right, with all of that said, I guess look, Chiefs hate week. We hate the Chiefs this week. Let's go let's go stun the America on Sunday night football. What do you say? I think I think it's time. I, I think it's time the Titans start getting talked about again. This is the point every season, the halfway point where people realize the Titans are for real.
Titans are even a tough with, bunch. Even with a lot of guys on IR, Titans could, you know, the way they play football, they're built for these close games that we see week in and week out. And not only are they are they playing in these games, but they're winning a good majority of them. So the, the Chiefs are known to lay an egg, and the Titans are known to play up to their opponent outside of the Bills game this year. <laughs> Let's not relive that one. Uh, but I think, look, look, Titans. Let's just hope, let's hope you're gonna have to. They're gonna have to play nearly flawless, but it can be done, and uh, I I hope it is done. So with all of that said, I guess. Until next week, tighten Tighten up. up. They used to be the Oilers a long, long time ago when they played in the Houston Astrodome. They've gone from being spoilers to starting six and oh since they moved to Tennessee to call it home. They had a Music City miracle to conquer Buffalo. Then they came within a yard of winning in They've had the same head coach leading all the way. That's one of many reasons that I'm loving how they play. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans.